What's up everyone, Lisa Fields here, and I'm so excited about our new curriculum, Courageous Conversations. You heard about our popular conference, Courageous Conversations, where we invite the leading pastors, thought leaders, and scholars from conservative and progressive backgrounds for conversations. But we not only want to have those conversations on stage at the conference, but we want you to have them in your everyday life. So we developed a curriculum for you to do just that. Courageous Conversations curriculum, the tools you need for the conversations and culture. You can get that today on Amazon or on our website at ju3project.org. Hello, welcome to the Ju3 Project podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Ju3 Project. Well, thank you for watching another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jew 3 Project. And today I'm joined with my friend, Dr. Bobby Manning. Welcome, Dr. Manning. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's an honor to be here with you uh, on this podcast. Awesome. Uh, For our audience who don't know who you are, just tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. I am a pastor. I pastor here in the DMV area. Um, also an author and speaker and just uh, released last year this book, Gentigration. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you. I was a guest on your podcast. Uh, a, I think it was a few weeks ago when it aired. Yeah. Um, Everybody Hates Church. So uh, if y'all... Yes. Um, our subscribe, our like, like to subscribe to podcast. Check out uh, uh, Dr. Manny's new podcast. Everybody hates church. Um, Thank you for being on that. We had such a great conversation. I appreciate you jumping on. You were there for our launch event, and so you uh, you added so much to the podcast. We're grateful for you, Lisa, and all the work that you do. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate the support. So, of course. tell our audience a little bit why you wrote the book, Gentigration. Yeah, so gentigration began as um, as churches and organizations were reaching out to me, uh, asking me to do some consulting on how to effectively reach and really understand millennials. Mm-hmm. And so, and so they would call and say, "Pastor Bobby, can you come and tell us about these millennials?" You know, they they talk about us like we on a nature channel. <laughs> 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 and so that's how it started. And of course, I could come and, and really kind of represent uh, millennial leaders. And what happened was as I was teaching, I realized that really the only way I can teach you about the quirks of my generation is by beginning with the quirks of your generation. And so it began just with research from there. Of OK, well, let, let me not just research my generation. Let's let's look through the now six living generations, the book covers five of them, um, where, you know, what are the uh, the experiences and the home staples and the cultural heroes that make who we make who we are who we are and and how each generation was specifically shaped by those experiences because our values come from our experiences and so and so many of us we struggle over uh, the uh, the symptoms of our values when really at the heart of it our values that uh, that intersect across generations if we're patient enough and gracious enough to find them. Yeah, there is a a, a generation war of uh, in the mm-hmm. in the church, for lack of a better word, uh, because Absolutely. it is a uh, really a misunderstanding of the value of each. 
So absolutely. Uh, a few years ago, I had a chance to speak at a conference in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I was speaking to a group of women and some of the women had joined, left the church they grew up with, you know, the uh, old, older black church and went to a newer mm-hmm. church plant. And mm-hmm. um, and then there were women who were older that still attended their historically black church. And during our discussion, one of the uh, women from that left her church and went to a newer church plant said the challenge is we're all the same age. And so now all of us have small children with nobody to help guide us on how to raise them. And then Mm -hmm. the older woman said, I didn't think y'all wanted our help. That's that's how I lead the book, Lisa. The the reality is that any healthy church Mm -hmm. is a multi-generational church. Any church that has all younger people or all older people is going to struggle in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And so um, and so I I make the claim in the book that uh, any church with all older people will struggle with legacy and energy, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the energy to do the, the work of the ministry, the legacy of who to pass it on. Mm-hmm. But any church that has all younger people um, will struggle with history, will struggle with currency mm-hmm. <laughs> because by and large it's our older generations that uh that uh are the most faithful of the givers in our church and so what we need is the benefits of all of the generations and yes the a lot of the older generations wondering do they even want us do they need us do they are they looking for help and guidance from us and i believe that the answer is absolutely yes uh the problem is sometimes with the older generations uh, our older generations want things the way they want them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their expectations is that we will learn, or younger generations will l- learn to like what they like because the way they like it is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a lot of that gets lost in the sauce and and, and we get mixed up. And uh, and so it's it's hard, but it's, it's work that can be done if we find grace for one another. Yeah, it reminds me of, a, I'm currently reading a book called Rocket Fuel, and it's about mm-hmm. business. And it talks about each thriving business usually needs a visionary and an integrator. And mm-hmm. they have to work together because the visionary has this clear vision, but hates the actual integration to make the business function and work. And right. it seems as if the younger generation sometimes has the vision and the older generation has the ability to integrate the ideas that the vision sure. needs. But there's also Absolutely. the book talks about a conflict between the roles because the visionary could could not uh, if there's a lack of trust or one wanting to um, do the other's role, then it won't mm-hmm. function like it's supposed to to thrive like they both want to see thrive. And I see the similar thing with this uh, generation divide. Absolutely. Absolutely. What you just described is the biggest uh, the biggest struggle between the two largest generations in the history of humanity. Mm -hmm. You have baby boomers and you have millennials with Generation X kind of in the middle as a bridge generation. Uh, So if you understand baby boomers, you understand that baby boomers was the generation that came. The the dominant industry for baby boomers was corporate. Mm -hmm. They took off the overalls of the factory, put on the suits of the office. Office. And it's the baby boomers, particularly in church, that added uh, corporate structure to everything that their parents had set up 
in the church. And so it's it's the baby boomers that brought that corporate structure, those systems and structures mm -hmm. that made our churches strong structurally and allowed for the mega church movement mm -hmm. that happened during the baby boomers lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, what they did though, <laughs> is that baby boomers created the corporate structure, affixed themselves at the top of it and have been running the world for the last 60 years. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is when when Generation X came along, baby boomers weren't tired yet, so they held on to it. And then millennials came along and baby some baby boomers were tired and ready to pass the baton. But there was no trust mm -hmm. for this millennial generation that was nothing like them. That is nothing like them. And now the question is, well, do I pass this to somebody who, in my mind, hasn't paid their dues? Mm -hmm in the ways that I was made to pay my dues. And, and, and a lot of times what we're, what we're finding in churches is churches struggling because the baby boomers now are ready to hand it off, but don't find people that they trust to hand it off to. And a lot of conversations have to happen and a lot of meeting of minds in the middle has to happen in order for us to effectively pass the baton and have multi-generational ministry. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. I think one of the barriers that I see in passing the baton is this idea of purpose and identity only being connected to one thing. Hmm. And so if you don't realize that purpose is not, I think we just in culture have a very limited view of purpose. Um, and if you think it's only connected to one, one job or one title that you hold, you may, and you then root your identity and connect it to that, you'll never be able to really release it. Oh man, absolutely. And so uh, it is a reframing to know that there are purpose in every season. There's sometimes God has different purposes for different seasons of your life. And mm -hmm. if you don't connect your identity solely to that, you'll be able to let it keep it with an open hand. Do you see that? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And so uh, um, a, a lot, what, what you'll find statistically is um, as baby boomers are getting older, the number, the percentage of senior pastors that are baby boomers mm -hmm. is still staying relatively high. Mm -hmm. And that's for a lot of reasons. And, and, and it's not all on baby boomers in that sense is there are less of the younger generations who are pursuing vocational ministry that, that is, is shown statistically. Um, but then also the reality is, yeah, a lot of our baby boomer pastors, a lot of our older pastors aren't prepared to retire. Um, either financially or prepared to retire mentally and emotionally. When you've done something well over a long period of time, it's hard to let that go and, and start and, and try to do something else or pass the baton of what you put your blood, sweat and tears in for mm -hmm. several decades. Pass that on to someone and let them uh, take the helm of what you were at the helm of for for decades. It's it's difficult, and a lot of it comes into the fact that yes, our identity is tied up into what we do. That's not a generational thing. That's a human thing, mm -hmm. right? That that when we when we receive uh, uh, 
benefit from what we do, when we receive attention and notoriety from what we do, when we receive a steady paycheck from what we do, mm-hmm. um, and if we do it well, um, man, it's it, it's hard to detach what I do from who I am. Mm-hmm. And that that's something that all of us, no matter how old we are, what generation we're from, uh, we really have to, uh, to investigate uh, emotionally is who am I outside of what I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. On on the opposite end of the spectrum, um, mo- some baby boomers are right that some millennials aren't trustworthy. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> how do millennials and Gen Z coming after become more trustworthy as um, aspiring leaders? Because sometimes yes. people think, oh, it's just... Well, I've been here, but that doesn't mean you're trustworthy. Uh, Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that somebody Mm -hmm. feels confident in passing the work that they've done to you. Uh, So I remember a a pastor that uh, I'm cool with in Jacksonville. He's built not only a a, a mega church, but also a, a corporation around where they have a mall. They have all these things. And... I know that he's looking for someone not that can just preach, but actually can right. manage a a whole organization. Because what what is what is it to build something and then hand it off to someone who ha- doesn't have the capacity to hold it? A hundred percent. And so, absolutely, there 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 is a necessary meeting in the middle. Um, I, I think if if either of the if any of the generations expect that another generation is going to meet them all the way where they are, it's, it's an unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet at the same time, uh, there are some expectations of anybody who wants to be an Elisha to an Elijah, mm-hmm. right? Anybody who wants to carry the mantle of somebody who has done it before. And we, we can even look at that example where uh, where Elijah is, is, is going and Elisha says, I want your mantle, I want you. Um, and Elijah tries to, you know, like, nah, go away. No, do, do something else. And Elisha won't leave. I think that's that's the first answer to your question. One way to show trustworthiness is just consistency, mm-hmm. is, is showing up and being consistent to show up. Uh, but then there's, there's more to it after that. There is um, understanding history. I think that's, that's one of the, uh, one of the uh, issues that we millennials have is we have, we, we may know history, but we have less of a revere for tradition than our previous generations. Mm-hmm. And we, in my generation, millennials, will will toss out tradition is at the first scent that it's not effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to honor. We have to be able to honor history and um, build off of that history for a future vision. And so, just being able to understand where an organization has been, um, so that you can project where an organization is going, is is hugely important uh, for a generation that will just as readily um, look forward without considering um, considering its history. I think, as you mentioned, also is just a a the necessary competence. I also believe that the necessary competence comes with that uh, that 
that relationship that uh, that Elijah and Elisha model. The, the, the competence comes from, can I sit under someone for a while and learn what they do? Or do I want to be in charge so bad that I'll go and be in charge of something uh, that is maybe even lesser than what my capacity is because I'm not willing to be a follower before I'm able to be a leader. And so um, we, we do have some work to do. All of our generations have some work to do. Um, but the, the reality is if, um, if, if you talk about values, one of the values of the baby boomer generation is loyalty. Mm-hmm. The baby boomer generation is the only generation that would stay at a job for 30 years, a job. They don't like their job. They don't like what they do. They don't like their coworkers. They don't like their boss, but they're going to stay for 30 years because there's a sense of loyalty. And at the end of that 30 years, there is a there is a benefit. There's a reward for that loyalty. The generations coming behind. It's not that we're not loyal. It's just it's not a value in the same way that it is for baby boomers. But we have to show that we are willing to be consistent and stick around long enough to assuage a generation's expectation that if you want this, you have to show consistency and loyalty in order for us to pass this baton to you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I think that's so, so helpful as you were uh, talking about tradition and history, I thought of that G.K. Chesterton quote, uh, before you remove a fence, ask why it was there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, because oftentimes we get so excited about our vision that we start removing fences and we don't realize that they were up for a reason. Absolutely. That they were low bearing walls, right? That we, we, we needed this. And you know what I found even, you know, pastoring for 12 years um, now to this point, I've learned that so much of what I want to do, there is fuel to that in our history. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even as I'm, uh, you know, at, at, at my at my church, uh, First Baptist Church of District Heights, we rebranded. We call it the Heights now. And, um, you know, we've built and we've done some different things. Every time I needed to make a big move, whether it was a rebrand or, hey, let's move to a different location or let's build something. I There was something in our history from before I got there that allowed me to say, you know what? This isn't new. We've done this before. God has done this through our ministry before. It looks slightly different, but the 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 move that we're trying to make in order to grow the kingdom mm-hmm. is actually not new. And my my older demographics uh appreciated that I knew the history that I honored the history and I leveraged the history to be able to say, hey, we can do this because we've done it. Mm -hmm. We can do this because you did it before I even got here. And so having those kinds of conversations and understanding the history and knowing why the fences were built um, were is so important for us as younger leaders trying to walk into a, a, a space of leadership in a manner where our older generations will be, be able to have the confidence to pass the baton to us. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Um, and also going back to what you said, like, sitting under being loyal to a space. I think one of the challenges that I see with millennials, Gen Z, or people is wounds that they have accrued throughout church and or family. So case in point, Mm -hmm. if you had trauma in your parental relationships and then you go to church 
and you're looking for quote unquote spiritual parents, mm -hmm. the unprocessed trauma sometimes causes you to put too much weight on the capacity so. of your leadership. They cannot be so. who your birth parents are supposed to be because they have their actual birth children that they're right. supposed to birth that they're supposed to shepherd and and that's their job and responsibility to parent. There's a different way of your pastor's weight he carries, he or she carries versus the weight your parents carry. And sometimes I see mm -hmm. that some people have a hard time with not just pastoral leadership, but per any other job leadership where people are in authority because if they make one move, it's not just their one move, wrong move, but they've also conflated that with the traumas that they hold. And then it's they have a, a overreaction to the current moment because it's not just the current moment, it's the past. And so it's hard Absolutely. for them to sit under someone because they're always triggered. Um, it, do you want to speak to that? Have you seen that happen? A hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and I think and I don't think that's unique to generation. Right. Yeah. That's that's a human thing mm -hmm. um, where, you know, if if I have something that triggers me, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It hinders my ability to proceed. Uh, what's different is my parents who are baby boomers, when they experience that, their loyalty says, you know what? I'm still going to stick around. Mm -hmm. Their loyalty says, this is my church. It was my church before that person got here and it'll be my church after they leave. Mm -hmm. And my church is my church. Um, my, my generation, millennials, um, and, and, and of course, Gen Z after us, are different in that manner. Again, it's not that we're not loyal, it's that we're loyal differently. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and so the same or a similar experience might cause us to be, because we're, we're going to be more transient, mm -hmm. right? A, a millennial will change jobs just because they want, they want a different outlook on things yeah. like I, 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 millennials the only generation i know that's like you know why why'd you quit your job i just needed a different look like yeah but what what about the paycheck yeah. <laughs> and we'll do the same thing with churches right and so and so we have much less of a of a feeling a lot of times by and large i know i'm painting with broad brushes but but we are much less apt to stay in a situation when it gets difficult because we're transient in Anyway, we'll we'll pick up and move and just just because uh, because we're looking for a different look. And so it's harder. Yes, because you you want to know, OK, a, a, a young someone from a younger generation, like how long have you been here and are you willing to stick through the difficulties that inevitably come with leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and are are you um, are you faithful enough? It's one thing to be loyal and loyalty comes in different uh, in, in different ways and looks different for each generation. But faithfulness is faithfulness mm -hmm. and faithfulness requires that I'm going to stick through this thing, even when it's difficult, because if I leave when it's difficult, I'm going to leave everything because everything worth doing gets difficult mm -hmm. at some point over another. And so it, it, what we need and what we're looking for are younger folks from younger generations who have 
faithfulness. And I don't think that's a generational thing. That's just a human thing. In every generation, there are people who are faithful and there are are people who are not faithful. In every generation, there are people who are skilled and people who are not skilled. In every generation, there are people um, who are leaders and people who are not leaders. And so one of the hopes from from the book, Gentigration, is that we can stop saying stuff like, all that generation is blank mm-hmm. because all any generation is that that's that's not true no no uh character trait describes everybody from any given generation mm-hmm. right and so but there are values that describe how each generation has been shaped and so if we can just recognize that just like it was rare to find exceptional leaders in generation x and in baby boomers it's rare to find exceptional leaders and millennials, but when you find them, wow! Look out because um, they 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 become uh, they become folks like Lisa Fields. Mm-hmm. Well, as you as you were talking, the thought came to my mind that one of the ways that we have grace on maybe older generations have grace for younger generations is to remember probably their youth. Absolutely, and their own incompetencies and their own struggles mm-hmm. and shortcomings. Because there was their parents' generation thought probably that they were uh, lacking in a lot of areas. And so that grace comes from remembering your own story Uh, Mm -hmm. because you weren't like you always you weren't always who you are today. You you didn't when you were in your twenties and thirties you didn't have the maturities of your fifties and sixties and it's it's hard to expect the same of those who were who are where uh, where you were and absolutely there is nothing new under the sun I, I am certain that much of the same thing that uh, that baby boomers say about Gen X and millennials uh, is what the builder generation <laughs> said about them when they had their afros and their bell bottoms and whatever the case may be. Um, it's, it's, it's not new. We just have to grow grace. And, and Lisa, you and I, for our children and grandchildren, will have to do the same thing. And we'll have to remember um, when it was said about us that we were lazy or that we wouldn't commit or that we whatever. Um, we're, our time is also coming uh, for us to be able to hand off um, what we've built to a generation that's coming behind us. Yeah. What else would you like to say, uh, Dr. Manning, about the book that we haven't already discussed that you think it would be helpful for our audience to know? You know, I think the the most important thing is for us to recognize that Paul says, uh, look out for the interests of others, not just your interests. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we struggle with, with multi-generational church, one of the biggest hurdles to clear is, well, that's not my style. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't like that. Uh, I, I, and, and it and it comes in so many different ways from from worship style and what happens on Sundays, lights up or lights down, or uh, stained glass or you know <laughs> uh, fog machines. Mm-hmm. But but a lot of times it's also methods of communication. Um, a lot of times it's also um, issues in regards to how problems are solved or how vision is cast. Um, and a lot of times we get frustrated. 
no matter what the generation, because that's not how I would have done it. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that we have to realize as churches and church leaders is we have a target audience. Whether you talked about it in a strategic planning session or not, you do have a target audience. And most of the time you hit who your target audience is. And we wonder why our churches aren't reaching more people or why our churches aren't growing. It might be because your target audience is you. And you hit you every time. If you built your systems, your structures, your worship uh, experience around what you like and only you like, then, of course, you're going to reach yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we have to do most of the time for us is be OK as leaders with saying, OK, who are we trying to reach? And am I willing to put my personal preferences aside for kingdom building purposes and to be able uh, to love, honor, reach, evangelize, shepherd, and bring along a generation that doesn't look like me, think like me, act like me, um, and or even operate in the same ways that I do. Yeah, no, that's good. Our, our preferences can't dictate how we do the work of the Lord because we won't be able to do it because we only, like you said, will be considering ourselves and not considering others. Absolutely. How, how can people um, get this book and, and, um, this other resources. Cause I don't think this is your only book, right? Don't you have another one? Yes. Yes. So Gentigration is my fourth book. Um, all of my books are available on Amazon. If you like the Kindle version, you can get them all on amazon.com. Um, or you can go to my website, drbmanning.org, excuse me, .com, drbmanning.com. That's D-R-B- Manning.com. I'm everywhere on social media at Dr. B Manning. And so if you're looking for me, that's where you're going to find me on YouTube and, and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. If TikTok sticks around. <laughs> at Dr. B Manning. Awesome. Well, it's been a joy to have you. It's been a joy to have this conversation. I think our audience will be really blessed by it. Thank you for watching another episode of the G3 Project podcast. You can catch all our past episodes on our website at g3project.org or wherever you stream your favorite podcast also you can watch all the episodes on our youtube channel or on our facebook page um remember you can become a monthly partner or a one-time giver of the jew3 project at jew3project.org by hitting that donate tab you have the option to donate um, by mail or online uh you can get our curriculums courageous conversations is our latest one we have through the eyes of color you can watch the Through Eyes of Color <clears throat> video series on Right Now Media. Uh, watch our documentary Unspoken and get the curriculum at unspokenmovie.com. Um, also check out the Juneteenth documentary in partnership that we did with Our Daily Bread, which just an, uh, won an award. So we're excited about what the Lord is doing uh, with that. Uh, remember here at the Jew 3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it. Until next time, grace and peace and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune into all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well so thank you so much for tuning in also remember we have our bible engagement app in partnership with back to the bible to help you get better engaged 
in the Bible every single day. You take a survey, it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you Bible verses based on those. So it's a great app. You can download the app by searching in your app store or Google Play, searching Jude3 Project, and it'll be right there for you. So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jew3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jew3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.